Yeah. Spot the Vibes America and welcome to the Random Assortment hosted by me, the big homie Sean. Real quick, do me a solid and go follow our show page at Random Assortment Podcast on Insta. Also, visit our website for episode updates. That's randomassortmentpodcast.com. I want to give thanks if you're listening today. It is greatly appreciated. I'm joined today by my boy, Dr. Darnell DeCalzi. Darnell hails from Stanford, Connecticut, and he is a talented writer and innovative thinker. Darnell attained his BA in English Language and Literature from North Carolina Central University. He then received his law degree from Valparcio University Law School. He's currently working in the realm of labor and employment law, negotiating collective bargaining agreements. To top it off, my boy is a published writer of some short stories, poems, and some essays, repping from Brooklyn, New York. Give it up one time for my boy, Dr. Darnell DeCauzy. Welcome, sir. Wow, thank you. Thank you. I like that introduction. I can get used to being welcome to a, a room or a space like that. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the trending topics for my guests. I just want to give a shout out to all my friends who have been joining me. Definitely making my experience a little smoother. What's up, Doc? Not much. You know, just um, chilling. What's up with you? First random question of the day. All right, shoot. I need your three favorite books. Uh, okay, so I would say The House of the Spirits by Isabel Allende, uh, The Infinite Plan by Isabel Allende, okay. and uh, Love in the Time of Cholera by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Oh. Nice. Isabel yeah. got two of your, your book options there. She, the, the, she's the top she's two. an awesome writer. I love I love her style. Nice, it's nice. Really cool to meet her. Okay. If you listen to Isabel. <laughs> I, I don't know who Isabel is. This is actually my first time hearing of her. I'm not even gonna lie to you, bro. Oh man. <laughs> we gonna check her out though. She she must be pretty good. She is. She is. I, I, I trust your judgment. Yeah. For sure. My three are gonna be a little ghetto probably. The first one I'm gonna give to Malcolm X. His autobiography, okay. definitely a ringer. It's a classic. Absolutely. Uh, the second one I'm going to give to Bell Hooks. This book is called We Real Cool, Black Men and Masculinity. Uh, definitely a good depiction of the psyche of the black man and the past and transcends into the present. So if you are a black man out there listening, definitely go pick that book up. Get you some education. <laughs> Um, I like the plug. I, real quick, you know, and rest in peace to Bell Hooks. I got one more, right? I'm going to give my last one. And, and this could go to a few different books. First of all, I love Plato Republic. That's it. that's going to get an honorable mention. Sorry, I'm over here segueing into it. My bad. Listen. So my honorable mention would have to be Juno ahead, Diaz. This is how you lose her. Say it again. I didn't hear that. Juno Diaz. This is how you lose her. Okay. I'm going to give my last one to Charlemagne the God. Black Privilege. And I feel like that book is, is more like an autobiography, even though it's called Black Privilege for whatever reason. But it's, it's a good book if you want to read about uh, the country in Mox Corner, South Carolina. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely go pick that up. Definitely some good book recommendations for, I would say, black men out there. You know, yeah, we, sure. we got to support our young, younger black men, older black men. The community. Period. Yeah. So you're currently residing in North Carolina. Yes, Charlotte, North Carolina, the Queen City. You just moved here from Brooklyn. From Brooklyn. What was it? it was about a year ago. It's been almost a year this week, literally. Yeah. Wow. 
the year this week. And I moved from Harlem to South Carolina a year ago. A year and some change now, actually, just before Darnell moved. So what's been your experience here hmm, in okay. Charlotte City? So it's it's definitely been more peaceful than living in Brooklyn, if that makes sense. New York can be a challenging place to live sometimes because you're just always on the go. There's always something going on. It's just a very rushed pace. So it's like when I got out here and I had, you know, the time and the space to kind of really just vibe and enjoy and let things happen as they did. Um, it gave a sense of peace, I think, and like calmness that I didn't necessarily have in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, I was just always on the go, super hot foot. <laughs> but um, yeah, so there's that. Um, the weather was obviously better. The cost of living is obviously better. Mm. Um, Preach. And then it was cool to see like so many black people with their own businesses and things like that. So that was nice. I think the um, the only challenging part for me really was socially and culturally so i have a very big social network back in brooklyn um, so it's very different when you move somewhere and you can't just call someone to like check out a new bar with you or go to a new restaurant there's just not always someone on your phone trying to do something so that was an adjustment and then um also as well i'm afro-caribbean my family's from haiti and i grew up with the nigerian stepdad so um, African and Caribbean cultures are both very important to me. And that's something it seems like they have, you know, a bit, <laughs> a bit of culture or presence here. Um, I found a few African clubs that I like to go to. So that helps. And I found a few Caribbean spots that are nice as well. Um, but yeah, it can feel a little a little lonely culturally because down here, you know, they mostly play hip hop and trap and all of that. And I just don't always want to hear that. So, um, it can be difficult and then it's like when i try to introduce what i like to my friends who are here it's like too weird for them or like they don't really want to hear it so it's just kind of like all right well but yeah so that aside i guess charlotte's cool i enjoy charlotte um definitely a lot more to learn about the city I'm, i feel like i'm really just getting my feet wet and uh dating in charlotte that's interesting but we can talk about that later <laughs> <laughs> interesting it is dating in the country period i would say definitely much different than an up north experience mm -hmm. um funny you you said uh you can't stomach too many hip-hop and down south songs I, i'll be honest i feel like that about reggae and right Right. Afro beats after <laughs> I, I got like a three to five song limit after that I'm gonna clock out because what are we doing here you know nah but nah, I, I definitely like the experience and there's definitely a much bigger scene in New York City than there is obviously here in Charlotte yes like completely I think I've been pretty much baptized the only thing I have not experienced and I'm still a little upset about is a fat you know it just it just uh -huh. the pandemic yeah the pandemic I know but Tell now, them, right. They're having, you know, fets are definitely happening again, so we can definitely get you in one. Yeah, because I don't understand. We can shoot down to Atlanta or something. I know they have something going on. <laughs> Speaking of your heritage, though, I want to get into one of our topics here. Young African, excuse me, young famous in African. This is Netflix's first African reality television series. And this show focuses on the love life and careers of 10 Pan-African stars it was released uh, March 18th, and it films in Johannesburg, South Africa. Have you been able to check that out? So, you know, I saw it on Netflix, but I didn't really plan on watching it. I'm not really the reality TV type of person. And if I do watch it, it's for a reason. It'll be like 
uh, one of those uh, house flipping shows or something like that. So um, I saw it, and it well, didn't really pique my interest, but it was a bored Saturday and I was sitting in the house and I binged it and I loved it. I loved the show. I loved the characters. I loved the African luxury. I loved it all. I think it was a nice depiction of um, a culture that a lot of people don't normally get a glimpse into. And the world is so much bigger um, than what we acknowledge it, especially, you know, the black world. There's so much more to our culture and to the diaspora. So I think it was an awesome view that um, was refreshing. And for it to be the first show of that type on Netflix, that was also pretty impressive to me. Nice, nice. I, I definitely have to agree. Um, I think a lot of people's depiction of what Africa is and what it looks like in a modern day is is pretty off. And it's probably based on a lot of television or, you know, things people have learned on the Internet. But I don't think a lot of people travel to Africa to actually get to right. see what it looks like. So to see a city like Johannesburg on TV is definitely exciting. I think the splash of culture is dope. And shout out to Netflix for picking that show up. Their very first African reality show. Um, I'm sure they're going to have more after this. Speaking of uh, culture, and since you definitely dwell in the realm of law, I want to give a shout out to Kentaji Brown Jackson, uh, who will be serving on the U.S. Supreme. And I have a little article here that I pulled up from the whitehouse.gov. So President Biden sought a candidate with exceptional credentials, unimpeachable character, and unwavering dedication to the rule of law. And the president sought an individual who is committed to equal justice. Judge Jackson is one of the nation's brightest legal minds and has an unusual breadth of experience in our legal system, giving her the perspective to be an exceptional justice. She was born in Washington, D.C. and grew up in Miami, Florida. Her parents attended segregated primary schools and then attended historically black colleges and universities. Uh, she herself then graduated magnum cum laude from Harvard University and then attended Harvard Law School, where she graduated cum laude and was the editor of the Harvard Law Review. You were also an editor at one of your schools, right? Uh, no. So, well, in college, I wrote for my, um, my college's newspaper. And in law school, I also wrote for the newspaper, but I wasn't the editor. I was also, uh, I was the president of the Student Bar Association in law school. That was more so in my extracurricular energy and activity went <laughs> nice nice close you were the editor but you were a writer what are your thoughts about kentaji jackson you know i think this is long overdue um i think it's Word. amazing that it happened i feel like the fact that she's even there um you know she's a force to be reckoned with for because for her to even be in the conversation to be considered uh in this climate you know that says a lot and you know i think it's going to be a challenging road at certain points because i know there'll be things that she'll have to deal with that her counterparts won't. But um, I have no doubt in her ability to to conquer that and, you know, be the amazing uh, justice that we know that she will be. Nice. Okay. We, we definitely celebrating our black and brown sisters taking over any portion of the Supreme Court, obviously. Um, I want to continue on our cultural conversation on down to what else we like to talk about here in the random topic, which is food. So I, I obviously know you love to travel. Yes. I'm hitting you with a random question right now. <laughs> Thank you very much. Give me a top three memorable vacations. Where were they? Okay. Um, most memorable. Most memorable vacations. You got a lot of stamps on that passport, young man. Uh, okay. So one. Oh, man, this is hard. One would have to be Grenada. 
I went to Grenada Carnival Spice Mass mm. back in 2019. And I was there, I think, like nine days. That was an amazing trip. Uh, my favorite part of Carnival is Juve. And, well, you might not know, but the Juve, Juve for Grenada is like the biggest of all Juves. And, I'm familiar um, with the vibes. Okay. The, the Juve fun. vibes, you know. Yeah, so that was really cool. And then the beaches were really nice. We um, love Grenadian girls, too. Jesus. Yeah, Grenadian women are. That, that extra spice. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see where Greece would probably be up there as well. That was just a really cool, really cool trip. Beautiful country, great food. I had some of the best lamb of my life there. I love lamb. That's my favorite meat. Um, Pause. Oh gosh. <laughs> Last. Um, okay, I'm gonna have four probably. Okay. Cuba. Like Cuba was a vibe. Like mm. I loved being disconnected. Like. I, I came back, you know, back to the States and it was just like, man, I was so refreshed though because I wasn't like checking a the phone. There were no emails. Like you had to, if you want an internet, you had to go out of your way to get like the Wi-Fi card and then go to a certain area and like the business districts and there would be tons of people standing around trying to use this tight Wi-Fi. So it just wasn't worth it, but it was just a beautiful country. Um, I love how aware of their blackness that they are. Mm. Uh, they were very welcoming, very inclusive. Like you would just be walking down the street and they would invite you into their homes to eat and just talk. And I thought that was really cool. Um, the beaches were beautiful. The food, the food and the restaurants were really, was really good. But, um, unfortunately the average person, they don't have access to the same spices and ingredients that they give to the restaurant. So when you went to like the you know walk up places on the street and kind of just like the neighborhood spots it wasn't as good and i felt kind of bad about that because it, it didn't seem fair to me that you know the locals couldn't enjoy the fullness of their cuisine and you know here we come or just you know getting the better of it but i don't know what do you do <laughs> um yeah how do we get there so <laughs> my, my next most memorable trip uh, what would it be after Cuba? I would have to say Guatemala. Mm. And I think Guatemala because I didn't expect for it to be as pretty as it was. Like, I think I didn't have any expectations, really. I'm just like, I don't know. Just we got a, a cheap ticket. It's like, I'll just go, whatever. Check some food. Yeah. See what's the vibe. But it was gorgeous. We went to uh, Black Sand Beaches. We climbed a volcano. We, like, toured... Uh, the countryside and some nice. big, huge lake that, what was it called? Uh, it's bigger than all of the Great Lakes combined. I forget the name, but we um, rode up to that and then got in a speedboat and drove around that and checked out the little villages around the lake. It was really just a dope experience. We were fully immersed in Guatemalan culture. It was scary, though, because they had, um, <laughs> all the cops had these, like, huge guns. They were all, like, 5'2", but they had guns that were, like, 4'8". So... You know, Damn, like <laughs> army guns, like yeah. just walking around with them. Yeah, they were looking like GI Joe, just like the shit. Fuck? I don't know, but yeah, stay out of Guatemala, black people. <laughs> no, it was cool though. They didn't like, they didn't bother nobody. But it was just like, you know, that's not somewhere you want to get into any trouble. And your your destinations are very exotic, I must say. Oh, you're you're a well traveled man. Thanks, dude. Um, mine's are a little ghetto. Shut up. <laughs> I'm gonna get my first one in Puerto Rico. Vibe. Very beautiful island, yeah. a lot of culture, great food, yeah. uh, and it's, it's just like beautiful, calming scenery, yeah. for sure. Um, I'm going to give my next one to my hometown, our, well, 
kind of our hometown. <laughs> New York City. I dig it. It's always a vibe. Always. Always a great destination to stop at. And um, I'm gonna get my last one to this one. I, I we went here actually together in the pandemic, and I feel like I didn't get the full experience in New Orleans, but it's definitely was still yeah. one of my top experiences for vacations. I love New Orleans. That's my favorite American city. I've been there like five times, only one time for Mardi Gras, but I love it. The Just food, like the culture, the weather, the people. Walking down the street with a fishbowl full of drink, <laughs> like. It's like loose. It's I don't know. It's just like an energy. It it was infectious. So that that was a dope, dope vacation for sure. Like with the vibes. So you know, we also talk about food here on the random assortment. Besides our random topics and our entertainment and our culture, which we've definitely gotten into a a lot in this episode. Um, I appreciate my boy for bringing the culture on this episode today. I know that you are a quasi vegan, as you call it. (laughs) Yes, is that what? Yes, I identify as a quasi-vegan. Explain to the people what this means. It means what I say it means on today. (laughs) And what is that? We want to know. That I'm a vegan who occasionally appreciates the flesh. A fraud. Okay. (laughs) We're going to go with it. Um, But yeah, we we definitely... I'm a vegan, as you guys know. We definitely... What happened? Oh, oh, <laughs> we definitely love a good vegan restaurant. So what's your favorite vegan restaurant? Um, okay, so my favorite would have to be, it's a place actually called Watercourse Foods in Denver, Colorado. Uh, I did this trip there last year and went there just randomly and the food was just amazing. Like the, the ingredients they use, like what they, the dishes they created with them, it was just really good food. The drinks were good. Um, so really like that place. As far as New York City goes, I think I would say Champs Diner in Brooklyn. They just, you know, kept it fresh, had the, the trendy food like the Nashville hot chicken and all that. So that's definitely uh, a good spot. Then uh, in Charlotte, I would say there's this place called Oh My Soul that I really enjoy. They have really good vegan food and for for uh, desserts, Pepper Box Donuts. Those are the most... Amazing donuts, mm. vegan, not vegan, just delicious. But yeah, that's my rundown. A vibe. Those are some good options right there. Definitely check out Pepper Box. Definitely check out Oh My Soul if you're in the country. And if you're country, <laughs> now those are some good options. For me, I'm a I'm gonna stick to our hometown, New York City. Uh, our boy, my boy TP, last week selected a vegan restaurant on 54th street ps kitchen that's what it's called i'm gonna go with and this is difficult for me as a vegan red bamboo downtown in the village definitely like a kind of chinese style american style restaurant they have a lot of options that uh you would go into a regular diner to pick or a regular chinese restaurant to select so that's definitely a vibe you want to get some good vegan food check that out um i want to give a rest in peace to dj k slay who died at the age of 55 from about with covid on easter actually he was a street artist a dj and a producer probably most notably known for street sweeper volume one the drama king (laughs) (laughs) real quick but yeah he's definitely a hip-hop icon and uh he you know he left us at such a young age, which is always unfortunate. 
I feel like we've been having a lot of that. The drama king. The drama king. Yeah. We're having a lot of that in the in the COVID. Yeah, and it, it's shocking. <laughs> like you, I know it's a real disease and that it's affecting us. But then when you see someone like famous and they die from it, you're like, oh, people are really dying from this. Like it's impacting everybody. And yeah. I think that's the most scary part. You just don't know what what will you know how you get it or what will make you more likely to get it. So I say, just do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say definitely keep your mask on, keep your hands washed, yeah, sure. uh, keep you some sanitizer somewhere, you know, when you're touching those uh, high-touch surfaces. I've been working in a hospital for the last five, six years now, and I have not had COVID, not once, and I've been in direct contact with people who have been COVID positive. So I, I think it's really about just being vigilant. If you can, and if you don't have any opposition or religious beliefs, go get vaccinated. You know, I, I, I'm not like pushing it on people, but if, if, if you don't have any objections to it, definitely go get vaccinated, protect yourself. Especially if you're somebody who has been vaccinated with other things, you know, measles, mumps, rubella, things of that nature. I don't know what more damage we can have done by another vaccination that's going to protect us from a, a deadly disease. And I'm not a clinician also to be giving this advice. I just want to shout that out really loud, really quick. But, you know, if you can, just just be vigilant and, and definitely yeah. mind your business and definitely protect yourself. Um <laughs> This Yo, this is how you treat all your something is wrong with this guy, America. I just want y'all to know. We're going to bring it on to my last fast question really quick. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to like this one. I need your three favorite shows, past or present. Oh, that's hard. Um, I love The, the Office, man. Yeah, The Office is definitely up there. Rick and Morty, for sure, up there. Mm, and, um, okay, the Batman animated series, the original one, though, from when, you know, we were, like, kids. Nice. That's like me with the Scooby-Doo series, when the, you know, when they were kids. That's the one I like. Oh, I, I, you know, I used to watch that one, too. A pup named Scooby-Doo. I always wanted Scooby Snack, because they made them look <laughs> so good. <laughs> that on a Saturday morning with a bowl of tricks was a yeah. vibe back in the day, like. Um, I'm gonna give mine too. I'm I'm an old <laughs> if you don't know already. Mad Men, definitely one of my top shows. I like that too. Living Dodge Single. Oh, that's a good one too. Definitely a vibe. And I'm gonna give my last one to one that a lot of people may not know, Lovecraft Country. That show was canceled after the first season, but it was definitely uh scarcely seen depiction of America uh, through racial views for me. And <laughs> unfortunately, it was canceled. I feel like it might have been a little too critical. Did you get a chance to check that out? I love that show. I, wa- I watched the show. I watched the uh, po- I listened to the podcast. And they had a syllabus. There was some school and they had a syllabus to each episode, like referring to the history that was embedded into the show and explaining more of the background. So I was really checked in, tuned in, all of that. Um, I think that so I like sci-fi and I love when you have black people who like create sci-fi works like Octavia Butler. I used to love her when I was a kid. Um but yeah, so to see, you know, you have this sci-fi fused with black culture and history and then you have 
a lot of progressive things that were in the show. So you had like the interracial dating, you had the same sex relationships. And um, I think it pushed a lot of envelopes and showed a lot of imagery that we weren't really used to seeing or, you know, having seen before. So I think that it was an awesome show. It might have been a little before its time, unfortunately. That's mm. what it seems like, at least. I don't think I don't think it was, but maybe for the masses it was. Um, I would love to see it come back because I feel like there's definitely a story there that needs to be told. Nice. I definitely agree. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I want to give it up one more time for my boy, Dr. Darnell DeCausey. Thank you for having me. Insert claps. Yes, Next sir. Time, feed me yes, first. sir. <laughs> Listen, have your list ready before you have your people call my people. Actually, I just want to get into one more little weird fact one time, a little something random, nothing too crazy. I was reading this article by the urbannews.com. And it was entitled, Why Do Selfies Matter? So long before Instagram, Frederick Douglass used photography to smash racial stereotypes and reframe black identity. He was the most photographed man of the 19th century with 160 photographs in existence today. The fugitive slaves turned abolitionist was the photograph during that time more than the general and the president, Abraham Lincoln. So that's just a little side Which is crazy Fact, yeah, right? Yeah. 160 photos That's more photos than a lot of y'all mamas got of y'all Oh wow um, Thank y'all one time for joining us at the Random Assortment and Thank you for my boy Dr. Darnell DeCausey For coming and joining us today Definitely a great episode And we appreciate you for listening, man We out